Hey, here we are. Welcome to another episode of Zen Sandwich. Today, let's do a quick dive into the enigmatic world of paradoxes, which is this world. <laughs> you probably know what a paradox is, I'm sure, uh, but just to be thorough, let's go ahead and define it. By definition, a paradox is a seemingly contradictory statement or situation that, upon closer examination, reveals a deeper truth. Something that on the surface kind of defies logic and doesn't make conventionally rational sense, but it turns out to be true nonetheless. It is perhaps a cosmic wink (laughs) that reminds us the universe is far more complex than our generally limited human minds can fathom. If there's one philosophy that likes to utilize the art of the paradox, it's definitely Zen. The old Zen masters such as Hakuin and Joshu with their koans and cryptic teachings, have long embraced the power of paradox to jolt us out of our habitual thinking patterns, awaken us to the profound nature of reality. But if you know me, I'm not much here for examining sutras and Zen koans. This is not an academic podcast. This podcast is an exercise of modern Zen thought that is practical in our day-to-day lives, right here now in the good old 21st century. So let's look at five paradoxes I have identified that if you act accordingly, just might change your life. You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Before we get all paradoxical, this episode is sponsored by MandateToElevate.com. I highly encourage you to check out what Byron and Mariah Edgington have going on there. They're best-selling authors, they're TEDx speakers, they're keynote speakers, You can pick up one of their Journey Well books there. There's a free gratitude journal there. Did you hear me? It's free. Go pick that up. There's an affirmation exercise there in multiple languages. Go there and connect with them. You can send them a message. That's mandatetoelevate.com. That link will be in the show notes. Okay, on to the paradoxes. Paradox one, the more you try to get people to like you, the less they probably will. What's the reason for this? It's because if you're constantly agreeing with someone in hopes of gaining their approval, what will happen is they're going to see right through it and they won't feel they can trust you. Trust is the big key here. That doesn't mean purposely disagree with them either. Trust me, I tried that a long time ago once and it didn't turn out very well either. I know this is mind-blowing, But just, you know, be yourself. (laughs) Have your own opinions. Human relationships need a tiny bit of friction in them to be authentic and to feel we can trust the other person, that they're real. This paradox, by the way, goes for relationships as much as it does friendships. The more you force a relationship, the more likely you are to break up with someone or they you. Because when you try to force feelings, the more you will feel the opposite. You can't force love. What you're doing when you try to do that 
You're just reinforcing the feeling beneath the surface that you don't actually love that person. So how can this paradox change your life? Well, I think this one of the five I want to present is the most obvious. You be you. There are people out there who will like you just for you. I promise. Hang out with those people. And sure, you may look up to someone and wish they were your friend or more, but if you sacrifice yourself and your opinions just to impress them, it's never going to work. You're not going to be happy with yourself because you're not your genuine self, and eventually they're going to see through it and not trust who you are. All right, paradox two. The more you fail, the more likely you are to succeed. The world is full of examples of this. There are obvious big examples of in big business and uh, a computer company that starts in a garage, etc. But here's a more relatable example. And it begins with a mistake I used to make. And I, I'm almost ashamed to admit it now that I've learned what I have. But I used to erroneously think whenever I saw a life coach who was touting themselves as a coach that had overcome some grand struggle in their lives, I used to think I wouldn't want that person as my coach because, well, they allowed themselves to get in the struggle situation in the first place. Let me tell you, that was a boneheaded way for me to think. This person who, who may have overcome bankruptcy or an addiction or used to be homeless or in prison, yeah, that person is exactly the type of person you want as your coach. <laughs> The way you get good at something is to do it wrong a whole bunch of times first. And that's true for just about everything. It's definitely true for podcasting. <laughs> so if you're an alcoholic, you want someone who was a total alcoholic and fought the fight to get over it as your coach. Not someone who merely studied addiction in a textbook and psychology class in college. You want someone who's been there and gone through it and came out better, stronger, smarter on the other side of struggle and failure. One of my favorite sayings is never trust a skinny cook. That's not a perfect analogy or that's not a perfect metaphor here, but it's close enough. Essentially, you want someone who knows the flavors of your struggles, your pain firsthand. So take every failure as a step in the direction toward success. That's how understanding this paradox can change your life. Paradox three. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know shit. <laughs> this has happened to me repeatedly in life. From my study of philosophy and religion, the law, government, politics. Those are all areas in which I possess some semblance of expertise. I've taught those subjects on the collegiate level. I was a practicing attorney for a decade in both criminal and civil law. But here's the example I'll use for this episode. I posted recently a video of me speaking Japanese with an 88-year-old Japanese man, a Zen monk, in fact. And I got several compliments on how fluent I sounded. Okay, sure. Yes, I do speak more Japanese than the average white guy from Alabama. <laughs> There's no contest about that. But let me tell you, I can hear my flaws. I can hear the mistakes in my pacing, or if I choose the wrong little word. I didn't in that particular video, but I very easily could have. <laughs> and little words are often harder than the big ones because they can change the entire direction and thus the entire meaning of the sentence. 
This goes for everything that you develop some level of mastery over. The guitar, mathematics, the stock market, doesn't matter. The more you learn, the more you discover, whoa, there is an entire giant universe out there about this topic that I didn't even know existed. It's why I can't stand arguing politics anymore at a bar with armchair quarterbacks who can who can only maybe regurgitate a few talking points they heard on Fox or MSNBC. I don't go to bars these days anyway, but uh, I, I just won't argue politics with anybody anymore unless they unless they really know what they're talking about, which, well, then they're, they're not going to be apt to argue about them either. People who argue politics generally don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> Uh, people who that is people who can't have a, a meaningful discussion and listen to the other side. People who don't really know anything are ironically the most confident in their views. It's called the Dunning Kruger effect. And I talked about it on another episode, so I won't rehash it here. But be wary of folks like that. People who talk as if they're 100 percent certain they're right about something. They probably know the least about that topic. So spotting that early might indeed change your life for the better and keep you away from knuckleheads that think they know it all. It will also keep you humble in life. Paradox four. You can only have a happy relationship if you are happy being by yourself. If you're trying to cover up an emotional hole or heal an emotional wound by being with someone, you are literally just creating the basis for a toxic relationship. You're either going to become emotionally dependent on them or you're going to resent them for not being like the person who broke your heart before or whatever. Let me tell you a quick story about my friend Rob from college. He came to me. I mean, this is many years ago, but he came to me. He was very distraught. Mark, I can't, I can't seem to get a girlfriend. I can't. I lack the confidence to ask a girl out. I can't see any girls that appear to be interested in me and so on and so on. Now, Rob is a pretty fit guy and a, a smart guy. And he couldn't logically figure out why he couldn't find a date. <laughs> and you know, to me, it was obvious. It, it was a confidence issue. And I told Rob, I'm like, Rob, if you really want a girl to like you, Go work on your, instead of working on finding that girl, go work on yourself. Go work on being happy with who you are. And if you can do that and you feel good about where you are mentally, physically, and you're happy with, with yourself and the world, that girl that you're looking for, she's going to be there, I assure you. And you know what? It happened just like that. He took my advice and he, he looked inward. He focused on just staying healthy and staying sharp and doing the right things in life. And he actually, for a while, just stopped looking for girls or at girls as much as possible. And sure enough, he had dates lined up shortly thereafter. <laughs> I, I still pat myself on the back these days for some unlicensed but successful therapy. So there you go. If you want to have a happy relationship, you need to be happy with yourself and even being being able to be happy alone by yourself. All right, paradox number five. The only thing that is permanent 
is impermanence. Now, most of us know this. This is Buddhism 101. Anything that's true today is going to be uncertain tomorrow. Even feelings today will not be the exact same tomorrow, even if they're altered just a little microscopic amount. They could be stronger. I mean, like love. You might love your spouse more tomorrow than you did today. Or they could weaken, uh, like grief. You know, you'll always grieve over the loss of a loved one, but it gets a little easier over time. And obviously this goes for a lot more than feelings. It goes for stuff, the meaning of words, values, even geologically. That mountain over there isn't going to be the same mountain a thousand years from now. Granted, that change is going to take place over a lot longer period of time, but nothing stays the same. So how might this paradox change your life? Well, I can sum it up this way, and it's why I saved this one for last. When you realize that no moment that you ever have will ever be duplicated again, everything in life becomes much more meaningful. There you have it, folks. Five paradoxes that when you fully come to understand them might give you a better understanding of the way the universe works and how to improve your chances of enjoying your time here Well, I certainly enjoy what I'm doing, but it costs to produce a show, and I'm currently in desperate need to replace some hardware. If you like the show and want to help support it, please go to zinsandwich.com. There's two ways to help donate there, either as a one-time contribution or become a monthly supporter through Patreon. As always, thanks for listening, and breathe. Don't forget to breathe.